G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Why do we go through those hard times? Why do we go through those days of difficulty? You want to be a growing Christian, right? God will allow trials in your life so you will grow up spiritually. There is a silver lining to the dark cloud of trials. Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to recognize their benefits. Trials take us from the realm of theory to reality so we can start living out our faith in the real world. Trials make us strong. This is the day when the lost are found. do believers face trials? If we're God's children and He has infinite power, why doesn't He use that power to spare us? So many have asked that question. It's easy enough to ask, but it's not so easy to find a satisfying answer. And that's why we're glad you've joined us today for A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie tackles that question head on. You'll get some solid, straightforward biblical insight on trials today. Well, the theme of this series is what every growing Christian needs to know. And as I've said before, these are certain truths that every believer needs to have in play in their life, no matter if they're a brand new Christian or if they've known the Lord for decades. Certain things that you never move beyond, certain things you never outgrow if you want to make progress as a Christian. So let's quickly review what we've seen and then we'll dig into our topic before us. Number one, if you want to be a growing Christian, you must read, study, and love God's Word. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And then you'll have good success. The wise man of Psalm 1, the happy man, Of him it says, happy is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord or we could just as easily say the word of God and in it does he meditate day and night. Number two, if you wanna be a growing Christian, you need to have a prayer life. The Bible tells us that we are to pray without ceasing for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ concerning you. I mean, it's great to have a time of prayer in your day somewhere, but it's also a great thing to understand that you can pray anywhere, anytime, in any posture. So we need to be in an attitude of prayer. Number three, if you want to be a growing Christian, you must be actively involved in the church. Hebrews 10.25 
says, let's consider one another to stir each other up to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but rather exhorting and encouraging one another and so much more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So let's say you're doing all of these things, but you don't see much change in your life. Well, listen, it takes time to grow spiritually. It doesn't happen overnight. If you were to pull up a chair in front of a peach tree and just fold your arms and stare at the peach, and you could sit there for a week and say, there has been no growth whatsoever. But if someone were to come and visit that tree one week and come back a week later or two weeks later, they would notice the growth. Sometimes when you're up close and personal, you don't see it. Sometimes in your own life you might say, you know, I don't really see that much growth in my life as a follower of Christ. I, I don't really think that I've changed that much, but sometimes the best way to find out if you're growing spiritually is, <laughs> well, if you're married, ask your spouse. They'll tell you. Or even people that are close to you, they'll say, you know what, I've actually seen changes in you. You're not the same person you used to be, but it does take time. And some people grow faster than other people, or so it would seem, but just be patient. It takes time to grow spiritually. But then sometimes when you're doing all the right things, you may come to a moment in your life where you don't feel God's presence like you did at first. Uh, some of the pastors from our church and I were out at lunch uh, just the other day and, and this uh, server has waited on us a number of times. She's very nice and we'll chit chat with her and, and usually just kind of like conversation. And so she brought our meal and then she said, I have a serious question for you guys. We said, yeah. She said, uh, what are the service times of your church? And we said, well, they're eight, 10 and 12 on Sunday. She said, good, because I'm coming to church this Sunday and I'm gonna commit my life to Jesus. And I said to her, no, you're not coming to do it Sunday. You're doing it right here, right now. And she slapped me across the face. No, she didn't. <laughs> and I don't do that with just anyone, by the way, but I really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to do that. I said, you're doing it right here, right now. She says, here? I said, absolutely, right here, let's pray. I'll lead you in a prayer. And she just bowed her head and prayed and committed her life to Christ. It was so fantastic. And, and after she prayed, she said, I feel better, I feel different. I said, so now come to church Sunday as a newly committed Christian. But that's a wonderful thing that does happen when we come to Christ. There often are emotions connected to it. Quick poll, how many of you had kind of an emotional experience when you prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life? Raise your hand up, okay, okay. How many of you did not have an emotional experience? Raise your hand up, that's okay. You, by the way, you're not second class citizens, uh, category number two, because to the point, I had no emotional response when I prayed and asked Christ in my life. And because of that, I concluded it must not have worked for me, but of course, Fortunately, I realized later that it wasn't about my emotions. It was about faith and what the Word of God says and so forth. But of course, over the months after, I started having wonderful emotional response. And you would come to church and you would feel God's presence in such a tangible way. And I remember that some of the Christians said to me, now, Greg, be careful. You're gonna go through trials. And I said, what, I'm gonna go on trial? No, no. You're gonna go through trials. 
What are trials? You're going to go through times of testing where you may not feel the presence of God. And that's what I want to talk about in this message. Why does God allow Christians to go through trials and testings? I mean, it happens. To all of us, things are going along wonderfully and suddenly without warning or so would seem. One problem after another comes tumbling into our life. Things are looking bleak. And then the clouds just sort of part and the sun shines again and everything's better. Why do we go through those hard times? Why do we go through those emotional lows? Why do we go through those days of difficulty? Why do these things happen to us? Answer, I have no idea. Good night and God bless. No. <laughs> well, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And that's what we're gonna look at now. James chapter one. We're gonna read verses two to four. My brothers, writes James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the test of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be mature, lacking nothing. Okay, so we wonder, why is this happening? What have I done to deserve such a fate? I have a grandson, Christopher. He's three years old now. You know what his favorite word is? Why? Everything is why with him. Christopher, don't climb up there. Why? Well, because if you climbed up, you could fall. Why? Well, probably because you lost your grip and we don't want that to happen. Why? Well, because we love, why? It's just why, everything's why. You know, and we realize after a while, there, there's just no answer just because I said so, that's all. And <laughs> why? And we say the same thing to God, why? Why is this happening to me? Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA, and he's helping us to wrestle through one of the tough questions of the Christian life today. It's a message called, Why Does God Allow Trials in the Life of the Believer? Let's continue. Okay, point number one. If you're taking notes, you might write this down. God allows trials in our lives so we will grow up spiritually. You want to be a growing Christian, right? God will allow trials in your life so you will grow up spiritually. The J.B. Phillips translation of verse four says, let this process go on until you become men of mature character. You know, God wants to make sure we're learning the material, right? Now, I remember when I was in school, I hated tests. And the reason I hated tests is I never studied for them. And I wasn't prepared. And there would be those days in class when the teacher would stand up and say, all right, we're gonna have a pop quiz today and, and my stomach would sink and all the geeks and nerds would be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason the geeks and nerds were so excited was because they were prepared. By the way, we don't call them geeks and nerds anymore. Now we call them boss, right? <laughs> yeah, think Bill Gates, right? But uh, those people were prepared, but I never was. And because of that, I failed many a test. Though I did discover that an F can be turned into an A with one line. <laughs> Just make sure you use the same color pen. It's a dead giveaway, right? So, yes, God will allow tests in our life. He rarely announces them ahead of time. He just lays them on us. And effectively, the Lord's saying, well, you know, you say you know this material, Let's test you and see how well you are doing. Here's a classic example of this. In John chapter six, we have a vivid account of a test that Jesus sprung on his disciples. 
By the way, that particular miracle uh, that we're alluding to, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle found in all four Gospels. I find that fascinating. You would think that maybe the resurrection of Lazarus might be in all four Gospels or some of the other traumatic miracles of Christ. No, the only miracle repeated four times is the feeding of the 5,000. You remember that Jesus was speaking, a great multitude gathered, 5,000 plus women and children. So there may have been as many as 10,000. Lunchtime hit and stomachs were growling. So in John 6 we read, Jesus saw this great crowd of people climbing to the hills looking for him. And he turned to Philip and he said, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? Listen, he was testing Philip. For he already knew what he was going to do. Philip said, well, it would take a small fortune to feed all of them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Well, there's a little boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is this with this huge crowd? So Jesus is trying to determine, have his boys learned anything? Had they learned how to trust him yet? Hey, wow, there's a big crowd here. How are we gonna feed all of these people? Now, did Jesus know the answer? Of course. He just wanted to know if they knew the answer. The test was really, do you believe God can take care of you even when the odds are not in your favor? Do you believe that God can provide for you? Well, I know he can. You know, I've been a Christian over 40 years and uh, I, I've always had the Lord come through for me. He's promised to provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, he didn't say all of my greeds, but he did say all of my needs. He gives you what you need, doesn't he? But this was a test so he could see if they were learning. And by the way, just because you've learned something doesn't mean you don't need to be retested again, right? Uh, I, had to, I got a physical the other day and I had to have everything tested. My hearing was tested, my vision was tested. And you know, they'll do that to see if it's um, going downhill or not. Uh, and you know, I always am open, I'll do better than the time before. And I'm happy to report that actually there was some improvements uh, and I was happy to find out that my cholesterol was low and my blood pressure was down. I used to have higher blood pressure and I would say to my doctor, the reason my blood pressure is high is I know you're gonna take it and say something about it so it goes up when I see you. So you need to like sneak up on me and take my blood pressure. You stress me out, doc. But um, so we're retested. Oh, you, you've learned it, you've known it, but do you still know it? Here's what the Bible says about these things. Coming back to James 1, let me read on from a more modern translation. Listen to this. When all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't treat them as intruders, but friends. I love that translation. Don't treat them as intruders, but friends. Realize they come to test your faith and to produce in you a quality of endurance. Let that process go on until that endurance is fully developed and you'll find you become men and women of mature character, men and women of integrity with no weak spots. It's gonna make you stronger. It's like going to the gym. How many of you like to go work out at the gym? Okay, good. Not that many of you, just some of you. How many of you don't like to go? You don't like to go. Uh, I'm probably more like you. You know, I, I do go, I hit the gym. I hate it. The whole time I watch the clock. I could walk away, never work out again, and be happy and just eat hamburgers every day. <laughs> but that's not good for me, you see. 
And I will go and do these things, not because I enjoy it, but because it will help me. You know, as you get older sometimes, uh, people will say, oh, I'm just so old. I'm just so lethargic. I'm so tired. I guess I'm just getting old. Could be you're getting fat too, but that's another subject. <laughs> I can't stop aging, but I can fight the battle of the bulge somewhat, at least have a passing thought about it. You're looking at me saying, Greg, you're not doing that well. I told you, this is, you know, <laughs> it's a struggle. I, I have a scale I got recently. It's a digital scale. I'll weigh myself in the morning. I forget that it talks to my email account. And uh, so I put my email in and it's a wireless thing. And I actually got an email. I'm not making this up. It's like from the name of the scale company. I'm going, what is this? I opened it. And it was a big, bold headline. It says, time to step up your game, Greg! <laughs> Exclamation mark. I'm like, shut up. You inanimate, insulting object. But you know what? The scale was right. But you see, when, when you work out, when you do weightlifting and uh, cardiovascular things, you know, the objective is to get stronger, not weaker. And in effect, you break down muscle to build muscle up. Trials are like God's gym, where you're broken down to be built up. So I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. But listen to this, you're gonna like the results. Because I have to admit that after I've worked out, I'm pretty happy I did, but I, I make up so many excuses as to why I can't go, oh, I have a sniffle, oh, you know, whatever. But you discipline yourself, and God uses these trials. Trials take us from the realm of theory to reality so we can start living out our faith in the real world. Trials make us strong, and people, need to understand this. Now, when these trials come in our life, we want to hang on to the Lord and learn the lessons He is seeking to teach us. Look at verse three. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's really not the best translation, by the way. Patience. It comes from a Greek word, epomone, but the word could better be translated perseverance. The testing of your faith will produce perseverance or steadfastness or staying power. Even another translation translates it as heroic endurance. I like that translation. Here's another translation, spiritual toughness. So the testing of your faith produces spiritual toughness, heroic endurance staying power. God wants iron to enter your soul. Pastor Greg Laurie with the first lesson in our study on trials today from his series, What Every Growing Christian Needs to Know. And there's more to come next time as Pastor Greg offers several more insights on why God allows trials in our lives. And if you know of someone who's going through a dark time right now, why don't you invite them to listen in same time tomorrow for a new beginning. Now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called... Why does God allow trials in the life of the believer? 
Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.